This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Lug Dog Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. Today, we are discussing Love, Death, and Robots, 2019 Netflix original, executive produced by David Fincher and Tim Miller, the creator and director of Deadpool 1. Um, This was something I was unfamiliar about. I had no idea that this was being dropped. I had heard concepts that there was shorts being... um, uh, produced in, in similar style to uh, Heavy Metal, the anime series that uh, had had uh, short animation forms, kind of uh, fast and uh, uh, slightly manic, similar to how uh, Love, Death, and Robots is. So this is kind of like a rift off of that. Let me give you a quick uh, synopsis of it. Uh, in 18 episodes, a collection of animated short stories that span various genres, including Science fiction, fantasy, horror, and comedy. Personally, I think that the the title "Love, Death, and Robots" covered just such a wide span of uh, genres. I mean, if you think about it, love was a romance, death you got crime, robots, sci-fi. So you're capturing automatically th- three really big realms of uh, genres that we are, you know. I personally am uh, pretty invested in and you add them all together. And I mean, how could this go wrong with the uh, executive producer, David Fincher, and, uh, you know, having Tim Miller behind the scenes? This sounds exciting as hell, to be honest. So let me give you my impressions after watching the 18 episode series. I'm a little bit late getting this out to everybody, but I wanted to be sure to watch all of the episodes so I can have a full fledged review of what I thought of all 18 episodes. Um, sorry, there must be like a loud ass truck out there or something like that. I was trying to make sure I wasn't getting interference. So, um, Love, Death, and Robots. The 18 episode series spans from, each episode spans anywhere from like five minutes to 20 minutes. So, with saying that, a lot of people have said, uh, similar opinions to mine was saying, you know, it's a lot of style over substance. And I, it's hard to disagree with that, but I do think there is a lot of interesting concepts in many of these short story forms. And, um, honestly, I could see a few of them that I'd like to rewatch again, or not, not just rewatch the episode, but watch a continuation of, um, with saying that, I, the different types of animation, the anime kind of manga style to, to 90s retro comic book style, all the way to 3D animation, 2D animation. There's all different types of, and then see, you know, like CGI animation with, you know, integrating real life actors into the uh, virtual world. And so there's several different types of story to- uh, storytelling um, form going on in this, uh, you know, complete package of love, death, and robots. But with saying that, I do have a caveat. I think that the majority of these episodes have too much um, gratuitous violence against women and uh, and overly sexualizes the, the woman's body. I, I personally was... Uh, 
I I withdrew a little bit after watching a couple of the the first three. Um, after the third one, in the in the order I watched it, which was, um, it went from for me personally, Sonny's Edge, Three Robots, and then The Witness. The Witness left me a little cold, with the exception of the visual style. So the um, the storytelling in this was a little different, especially from the Netflix POV. So I heard uh, rumors that Netflix was uh, repositioning the episode titles, or they're, they're changing the episode order for different people over the weekend when they first dropped it. So people were getting different uh, episode orders than uh, their, their friends or, you know, people across the world. Um, I thought that the episode that the episode order I got, it did a pretty good job with explaining the, the first three um, episodes that I watched, Sunny's Edge, Three Robots, and The Witness, I thought were a grand introduction to what you're going to expect for the entire Love, Death, Robot series. Um, right now I'm talking in non-spoiler section, um, but for for the first episode Sonny's Edge it it has everything that you you you're going to expect you know it has the sci-fi it has a little bit of romance and it has some unexpected twists and so that's um honestly what you should be expecting throughout the majority of the series and i think uh, i'd say over half of them land a satisfying ending in a way or another they might leave you wanting more but I think if you want more of that car, of of that uh, episode, then I think they've probably done a good job um, with the short story telling. Um, having some at five minutes and some episodes at twenty minutes, it, it is interesting to see which ones overstay their welcome. Um, I do think some of them don't work as well. I can talk a little bit more in depth in spoiler section about what I thought about it. Um, let me see if there's anything I want to cover else. I, I thought the music and visual styles were some of the best um, for the um, for for love, love, death, and robots. I thought overall the entire series had uh, a, a very interesting uh, style. It could not be easy to come up with eighteen short story narratives and have them all land in this. You know, you know, and. A satisfying narrative, so I think by la landing at least half of them, I think that they did a, a pretty good job. Um, let me see if I can give you a couple to recommend before we jump into uh, spoiler section. And uh, the spoiler section, I can kind of tell you why I didn't. I wasn't as fond on a couple of these as I was the others. And <clears throat> excuse me, we can um, discuss that in a second. So the first one I thought. Uh, really worked for me was the first one I saw, Sunny's Edge. Um, the second one, Three Robots, I thought that was that was a funny one as well. Um, the third one, I think I like The Witness uh, only because of the, uh, I, I don't, actually, I don't like The Witness. Uh, uh, I only liked the visual style, which the visual style is derived from uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, uh, one of the same creators um, created The Witness. And uh, Alberto... Mel Melgio or something like that is the uh, director of that one. But um, anyways, there is a lot of gratuitous violence against women, and uh, the sex scenes always revolve around the female body. And uh, I 
like a lot of people have said, it's just a little bit too gratuitous. Um, if if they're changing robots, or like if the if there's a robot on screen and they're changing the body parts, it's like what body parts do you think they're changing on the female? It's like of course the breast and the and the butt. So it's uh, it, it's a little bit obvious. It seems a little bit outdated in the way that it was um, formatted. It might have been created a couple of years ago. Hell, I don't, I'm not even sure. Um, but let me give you a couple to, that I'm going to recommend real quick. So I would recommend Sunny's Edge, Three Robots, When Yogurt Took Over, Beyond the Aquila Rift, Good Hunting, The Dump, Shapeshifters, Helping Hand, Fish Night. I, I liked Fish Night. Um, I would watch Lucky 13 if you want to see uh, Pousse from Orange is the New Black. Um, that, that does a great job using, uh, CGI, but I just, and it feels, you know, kind of like a Halo mini movie, but I don't know if it's, you know, worth watching if you want to skip it. Zima Blue, that's, I really like that one. Um, and the final one was The Secret War. So, there was a def, there, there were definitely ones that, uh, you know, one out my heart over, you know, the other, some of them just because the visual style, some of them because the writing was a little bit better. Some people thought, uh, I heard po- some podcasters, you know, talking about the writing not being that great. Honestly, it didn't stick out in a way that, you know, really uh, was noticeable to me. It just seemed you know, a lot of it was heavy exposition because it kind of had to be in most situ- situations to explain where you put yourself in that to put somebody in a world, you have to explain a lot of shit, and if you have to explain it in each episode, you know, you can start to catch on a lot of exposition, so it has to be done narratively satisfying and interestingly, and I think the majority of those that I named did a really good job, so let's hop into the non-spoiler section, sorry, the spoiler section, so everyone that is listening has either watched all 18 episodes of Love, Death, and Robots, uh, or they are ready to get spoiled, are you ready to rock? Um, <clears throat> let me see if I can do it quick. Okay, so Sunny's Edge, I gave that a nine out of nine out of ten. And when I do the scale, nine out of ten, um, ten's always highest. And I'm rating them against each other, not against other IMDb or other TV movies or anything like that. So I'm kind of rating them against each other. So Sunny's Edge, I gave a 9. And that was because I thought it gave a sprinkle of everything that you should expect. It was unpredictable. It was the love, the death, the the sex, and the, you know, the the robots, the monsters. It it was crazy, you know, that type of thing. That's, That's what you should be expecting. Number two, three robots. I thought the three robots, um... I thought they worked well. I thought they were interesting. I, I could have watched a 30-minute show with them. I could have watched an, a short hour mini-movie with them. I didn't. I thought if they had just slightly better um, dialogue and they weren't saying, fuck this, fuck that, uh, you know, pussy this, pussy that, uh, then they would be slightly um, more mature and it might just have slightly more intelligent writing. But other than that, I really did enjoy the, uh, the three robots um, episodes, the three robot episode. Before we hop on to The Witness... One thing I did notice throughout the entire uh, uh, time watching the Love, Death, and Robots was the, uh, the, the there was a lot of cats. Uh, there was tons of there was tons of uses of uh, like felines throughout the time of uh, the different episodes. I don't know if anyone else noticed that. Um, the witness, the witness was one of the best visually uh, executed, uh, in my opinion. The 
best episodes ex- executed. Um, but it's got some of the worst content. It's it's this you know girl running from a, a killer. She sees in the mirror, and you know as soon as she gets done running from the killer, she instead of going to the you know. While she's running from the killer, she's go- instead of going to the you know police station, she goes to to the strip club where she happens to work, and she you know she has it's like the nastiest strip club you've ever fucking seen, and um you know the 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 killer goes in there to get the uh, uh uh to go find her, but she happens to be doing a dance instead of getting the cops, and so she's doing a dance for the stripper, and it's 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 all fucked, it's all fucked, and then. And she ends up getting killed at the end, or he gets end up getting killed at the end. It, it, it's it's not an interesting story, but it's it's got some interesting visual flair. Um, number four, Suits. Um, a lot of people like Suits a lot better. It was like aliens uh, attacking a farm or something like that. I was not too keen on this one. Um, that's why I was not trying to uh, uh, give that one a higher rating. Sucker of Souls, about I felt about the same way. I don't remember exactly. It was, was kind of gratuitous to the violence, but I don't mind the violence. You know, we know Tim Miller knows violence, but and and David Fincher does too. But I wanted to be smart, and I think that number episode number six, when the yogurt took over, was a smart concept, and it felt like uh, almost like a Pixar concept, and it even had you know uh, uh, an appropriate time to have someone topless in it, and so. I I think the the concept of when yogurt took over was a lot better than the majority of these short stories. I mean, uh, when yogurt took over was only six minutes. Um, beyond the Aquila Rift, I love the visual style of this, but I was brought back out of it again with the gratuitous sex scene and just unnecessary. It's just like, come on now. It's like, I have no, no problem with, you know, these, you know, these sex scenes, but when it comes gratuitous to the point where, uh, we're, we're only looking at the female or, you know, it's, it's a five minute, it's a 10 minute animation and five minutes is fucking, it's like, come on, I'm ready to see, I'm ready to see something else. You know, if we wanted to watch that, I'd go online or something. <laughs> you know, it's it's just not what I would... I did not come to Netflix for that. Um, Good Hunting. Um, that was the one where the... Uh, the... The son of a spirit hunter forges the bond with a shape-shifting hula-jing. I'm sorry if I said that wrong. But it was a shape-shifting feline female. And if that was this was the one I was referring to when she a robot and they're changing all the parts and it was so unnecessary how they had to uh just remove the ass put i I guess when they first showed her getting her ass removed uh, as a robot i was like this is just ridiculous why do we have to see this and then i guess when you know she's being when she's transforming back into a uh, a fox or whatever the hell she was a shapeshifter um i was like i guess that would make sense but i was like this is still unnecessary on all levels uh but I did give it a higher rating. I think it was because of how it ended. Um, the dump, I thought the visual flair of the dump was, it reminded me of that movie Monster House a long ba- uh, a long time ago. I think that was a Tim Burton movie or something something in that realm. I, I'm not, not exactly sure. But uh, it had that same visual, um, let me see if I can find it. Who was that? Gil, Gil Keenan. Oh, it was a Dan Harmon uh Dan Harmon uh, story. Sorry, not not. Uh, it looked like that movie Monster House. And anyways, the dump reminded me of that. And it, I, I could see a full movie in the dump style. It just has this visual flair with these, uh, 
incredibly detailed cartoons on these, you know, individuals. And I think it was the dump was consuming everybody. And he, uh, the main character, I think his name was Ugly Dave, was, uh, was hanging around, <laughs> was hanging around getting people, um, eaten. Uh, let's see, the shapeshifters, um, this was one of the ones that had the uncanny valley with the, uh, the deep Afghan Marines that were, sorry, let me give this an synopsis of, uh, shapeshifters real quick. Deep in Afghan, two Marines with supernatural powers face a threat from their own kind, and... Hell, I could watch a full movie with this. I thought it was kind of ridiculous, but it seemed like the perfect thing that would be on Netflix. It was, you know, these two Marines that happened to be werewolves, and the the werewolves were helping the Marines. And it was just like cool way to, I don't know, have a parallel within the Marine story. You don't – personally, I don't think you ever see the Navy and the Marines fighting these, you know, fantastical creatures. So when they introduced, it seems this – uh it's a little jarring, but I was like, whoa, this, this kind of works in a way. Um, the only thing that didn't work was the faces of the people. Like, the, the people's, their their eyes just so fucking dilated and big. It's fucking weird. Um, a little jarring. So, um, what was Helping Hand? Helping Hand was, oh, it kind of felt like that movie Gravity. And uh, it had the astronaut that ended up being stranded in the middle of uh, space. And she had to use her... She had to break off a piece of her arm to throw it as using force to get her to move closer to the space station. I was like, damn, this is harsh. And I thought the execution on it was uh, was excellent. I thought it, it, it used its time um, to, to perfection. And what I think some of the best episodes do in most of these series is – almost carve out a slice. Either they tell a complete story like when Yogurt took over or they take a slice of what feels like a bigger movie, um, which would be, you know, Helping Hand would probably be some like deep space movie or something like that. Um, or, or movie cut. It feels like a video game cutscene, but like one of the best you've ever seen. And you're either ready to watch the rest most if it's good you're either ready to watch the rest of this quote-unquote show that doesn't exist or you're ready to play the game that doesn't exist either so it's it's kind of a tease on one way or another so um they almost feel like pilot concepts when it comes down to it um i was watching this i kept thinking about red dead redemption all the cutscenes that I had watched in there. I was like, one of those scenes could have easily been in this um, in this formula. I'm, it, it makes me curious to see what real life games could have made it in this uh, show. I wonder if like a Grand Theft Auto or if like a Deep Space or you know um, anything like that would make it into this form, or if they would ever try to do it. Um, but uh, Zima Blue, sorry, where was I? No. Uh, I was talking about shapeshifters, helping hand. We're on Fish Night. Fish Night was one of the more visually interesting ones. I love the visual style of this. I think it was kind of like a 2D, 3D animation. Um, but I, I thought the way it ended was not as hot as the the visuals it showed. Um, you know, these spirit animals kind of going all over the place. It looked like they're stuck in the Grand Canyon near, near it or something. Arizona area and these neon glowing whales and, um, you know, red sharks that were f 
you know, they're just all floating. And then what's his face? The, uh, the young man decides to jump into the air and, and fly with them and get eaten with the sharks. And so that's the end of that one. So I was like, okay. So that was one that I thought was a little style over substance. And I was like, ah, I love the style of it, but it had really not much to say. I mean, they were talking about the death of the salesman, but like a lot of them, they'll, they'll, they'll toss up, you know, Hey, what about this? Or what about, you know, what about the death of this? Or, you know, the changing of that. And they almost never, you know, uh, you know, go back to it and discuss it because there's not enough time in these short form storytelling, um, segments. So, uh, that was Fish Night. Lucky 13 is, um, that was the one with Pusse. It felt kind of like a Halo, um, game, like brought to life on this big screen. Not much to say. She did an excellent job and, you know, I, I did feel for her ship, but I mean, it was just a ship and I didn't really, you know, eh. uh, Zima Blue, number 14, Zima Blue was, uh, it was a beautiful art style and I think the narrative was one of the highest executed on the uh, Love Death with the Robot season one. Zima Blue was probably my one of my number top fives or something like that if I had a uh, top five. But I would say uh, the synopsis, the re- renowned artist Zima accounts his mysterious past and rise to fame before unveiling his final work. And uh, the the... Kevin Michael Richardson, I'm not really sure. He's the voice of Zima. I think he does uh, some voice work with uh, other other individuals. Um, yeah, so he he had a great, great voice for this. I wanted to hear more of him, and uh, I, I thought the, the poeticness of seeing what the Zima Blue represented, and it was the tile on the uh, the pool to which he was cleaning it first forever, was the tile, and that was what Zima Blue was, and it, it was it was beautiful, is what I would say. Um, Blind Spot, which one was that? Blind Spot was like the '90s cartoon. If it was written, I don't know, by a twenty twenty year old or something like that. I, it, you know, it was fuck this, fuck that, you know, and um, it was a little bit extra. I don't think it was bloody because they were cyborgs, but I still thought the. Uh, it was visually interesting. Once again, style over substance. Didn't have much to say. Um, Ice Age. Ice Age was the the real-life one with Topher Grace and Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I didn't really... I didn't talk to... Uh, I didn't... Sorry. I didn't listen to too many people that said they were, you know, head over heels over the Topher Grace and Mary Elizabeth Winstead uh, episode. But um, I thought they did pretty good. They, the the thing was, this story has been done before. People, I think it was, uh, they had said The Simpsons or uh, some other cartoon has done this execution of having this like mini village or mini world living in a place. And I think that was, Men in Black has also done it as well. Um, but yeah, so they did great, you know, playing themselves, but it's... I don't know. It was kind of flat for me. It didn't really go anywhere. Um, alternate histories. I liked alternate histories, but I didn't. I didn't think it was like the the best of the best. It was the one with. Uh, here's the synopsis. Want to see Hitler die in a variety of comically fantastic ways? Question mark. Now you can 
Welcome to Multiversity. And, oh yeah, so it was, uh, it was kind of like this, you know, uh, go back in time and, you know, time, you know, what would you do if, uh, would you kill Hitler as a baby or something like that? Or would you kill him when he's an older man? Or would you help him across the street? Or, you know, it was, it was these hypothetical scenarios that they would put you in. Um, and they walked, I think they gave us like four different scenarios, of to uh how we could change the alternate history of uh what happened with Hitler and I was like this is kind of ballsy to kind of go out there and bring this guy up and I understand that you know it's been a while since the holocaust but I I am just not a guy for having Hitler as entertainment I just I I understand maybe trying to keep the relevance but he's kind of being used as a joke and I I I could go on a long time about this probably, but I just uh wasn't my favorite and I thought I thought it was cute ish. But um I preferred not to have him on my cartoons. Adults or, you know whether whether whoever the adults are for whoever the uh cartoons are for. Um so the final one, the secret war. Elite units of the Red Army fight an unholy evil deep in the ancient forest of Siberia. Now, this basically felt like the final, what was it, the, the final act of a massive alien movie that took place in, I guess, Siberia. But um, it, it was incredible to watch. And I'd say I did feel for the characters with, little t- with what little time we were with them. By the time I had watched the 18th sh- uh, episode, I was like, they clearly just don't give a shit about who lives and who dies within the uh, uh, these these episodes because it just seems like they'll place a ton of characters. They'll take off two or three and maybe leave the main character. Um, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I just... Uh, it, you start to see the formula of what happens when you get if you tell somebody, all right, you got ten minutes to make a short form story. These characters may never come back again. Do whatever the hell with you want. So it's like, I guess they can make the coolest characters they want, and they get to do whatever they want for those ten minutes or fifteen or however long they're being animated. But uh, that 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 was one thing that became apparent. It just seems like a lot of these uh, a lot of these missions that some of these episodes would go on these people would go on suicide missions or have no problem going and killing themselves because us as the viewer were not were not attached to them at all so that was my only thing it just felt like death didn't really mean as much by the end of the series and so i'm very curious to see if they have i i, I bet they'll have a season two i just I, i'm curious to see what the budget is versus what it would, what the viewership is. I I have to say, I bet this brings in a ton of people, and they can take these short form concepts and roll with them if they wanted to ever make them a full uh, show or something like that, or I don't know, a miniseries. I think that would be really cool if they could take some of these more successful animations and turn them into uh, real concepts, real uh, you know, turn them into a pilot, turn it into a couple episodes, and see how people, uh, you know react to it. That's, that's what I would do. So anyways, thank you for listening to the Lucky Dog Podcast. 
please rate, share, subscribe at Lucky Dog at the Lucky Dog Podcast at gmail.com. We thrive and live off of the ratings, the shares, the subscriptions, the the goods. You already know. Um, we have tons of other podcasts available. All you need to do is check out the library, the Lucky Dog Podcast at gmail.com. Again, if you need any questions, comments, concerns answered, just email us right there. I appreciate you listening to this podcast, and please check out, I believe we're going to drop the Jordan Peele's Us movie review this weekend as well, so we'll try to drop both of those out this weekend, and we have tons more TV movies media to cover for you, so stay tuned. Thank you, and take it easy. This podcast is sponsored by Elias Roush Media. Whether you need photography, videography, drone photography, web design, podcast support, or technical support, EliasRoushMedia.com has you covered.